0: And God is revealing himself face-to-face with Moses. God is revealing himself face-to-face with Moses. And let's look and see what it says here in 3 and 6. Wayomer al-tikrav halom shal nilalika Mial raglika Ki, Hamagon, Asher, Atah, Omad, Ola, Admat, Kadesh, Q. And he said, and kept on saying, not to come near here. Uh, Pull off your sandals, pull off your sandals. From upon your feet, because this place, ha mekom Asher, share this place which you, Ata which you are standing upon, it is a ground that is holy. Ground and holy. The ground that she is holy. That's what it says there. And, uh, Wayomer Anoki, Elohi Avika, Elohi Abraham, Elohi Yitzchak We Elohi Yaakov, Wyitzzer, No Moshe, Panaki, Yare, Mihabit El Haalam, El Ha Elohim. That is. And he said and kept on saying that I am the God of your father, Abraham. And I am the God of Isaac, Yitchik. Now remember what Abraham means? Abraham means a father of a multitude, exalted father of a multitude. And then Yitchik, Yitchik means pleasure, laughter, uh, kissing, uh, Uh, Caressing, what all of that Isaac means, and then I am the God of Jacob. Jacob means to follow the heel, and he hid himself, Moses, his face because he feared, and he kept on, or he had feared, from looking unto the God, unto the God. Verse number seven says. Wayomer, Halabar, Raiti. And he said, Jehovah, seeing I have seen. Seeing I have seen your affl- the affliction of my people, which in Egypt, in B. B- Mitraim, and their cry I have heard from the face of the torturing ones, the foremans, because I know their sorrows. Look at the word sorrows there. I mean, the, I know their beatings, I know their pain. I know their beatings and I know their pain. And, uh, and I have come down to deliver them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from the land that unto the land good and wide, unto a land flowing and gushing with milk, halal, milk, and honey, and a place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. And now behold, verse number nine, We are Ta Hine, and behold the cry of the sons of Israel. She has come up unto me. Their cries have come up to thee like a woman in labor. And I also I have seen the oppression, the torture, Lakats, which the Egyptians ...are oppressing them. And now, we atah, and now, lika, come and walk. And I will send you unto Pharaoh. And you shall bring out my people, the sons, B'nai Yisrael, the sons of Israel, from Egypt. Now let's go back, we went from 6 to 10 here, let's go back and read this book, is just fantastic on the five books to Pentateuch, and it's Kyle and DeLeach, and I want to read more to you about the face of God, the face of the angel of God, the angel of Jehovah. The appearance of the angel of God is not described by the author, Moses. And, it, and, it, and Jehovah does not seem to be alone but in the company of two angels. The angel of Jehovah might not be regarded as a cre angel, might not be regarded as a created angel. Gabriel and Michael are created angels. The angel of Jehovah is not. The angel of Jehovah and the distinction between Jehovah and the angel of Jehovah points out to a distinction in the divine nature to which even the Old Testament contains several obvious allusions, it says. The very name indicates such a difference. Malek Jehovah. The angel of Jehovah. And the word malek means to work. It, it, it means uh, to work. Opus in Latin. It means to work. And it means to uh, to to execute a work. It means to execute a message. Now Jesus Christ came to this world to execute a work, didn't he? Did he or didn't he not? John 1 1, in the beginning, kept on being the Jehovah. And Jehovah kept on being an inseparable part of the Godhood because Jehovah kept on being God. But Kaiho Logo, Sarks, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have the glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. No one has seen God at any time, but the only begotten God, that's Jesus, that's Jehovah, that one has led himself out. In John 1 and 1, Colossians, the first chapter. Let's look at John, the first chapter, first of all, for just a few moments. We're going to read some things that we don't normally read in John, the first chapter. Because I want you to understand the angel of Jehovah is a worker. The angel of Jehovah is a worker. He came to do a work. He was in the beginning with God, and all things came into being through him, and apart from him nothing came into being that has come into being. Verse number 3. And in him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and darkness does not want to grasp and hold on to it. It says here that mankind are not born of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of God of mankind, but of God. And the word became flesh. Jehovah became flesh and dwelt among us and so we beheld his glory the glory of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him and cried out, says that this was he whom I said, he who comes after me is higher than I, rank than I am and he existed before me. And we know that John the Baptist was at least six months older than Jesus. Mm-hmm in time, chronology. But Jesus existed for all time. For of his fullness we all have received and grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses and grace and truth was realized through Jesus Christ. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten God who is in the bosom, being in the bosom of the Father, he has led himself out. And the book of Colossians is almost a repeat of this very same thing. See if I can get over there to that book. Colossians, the first chapter. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints of life. For he delivered us from the dark from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, and whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sin, for he is the image, the invisible God. Jesus Christ is the advantage. he is the, the face of God. The very face of God. Jesus is the face of God. He is the image of the invisible God, the forced, the head of all creation. It says firstborn, but it means head of all creation. Wherein in him all things were created, both in the heaven and upon the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him, by him, and for him. And he is before all things, and him all things are held together. Jesus is the gravity, the glue that holds the universe together. He is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. And he himself might come to have first place in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure, for in him the fullness of God would dwell in him. The very face of God we saw. Through him to reconcile all things himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross, through him, I say, whether things on earth or in heaven, and although they were formerly alienated, hostile in mind, and engaged in evil deeds, that He has now reconciled, reconciled you in His fleshly body through death, in order that presents you before Him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. What a story, isn't it? it is. Yes, yes. This is the angel Jehovah. This is the very face of God. God is revealing Himself before The flood, God revealed Himself as He walked among mankind. God walked on this earth all the way up to the time of Noah. God walked among mankind. He revealed. They saw His face. They saw the face of the pre-incarnate Christ. Then after Noah, God revealed Himself personally to, to special individuals. Like Abraham. Now let's go on here and read just a little bit more because this is so beautiful. I just love it. I love to tell you about Jesus and that Jesus is the God, creator God of heaven and earth. He is the one. Jesus is the angel of the covenant. Jesus is the angel of the temple. Jesus is the angel of the tabernacle. He's the angel of the face of God. The angel of the face of God as he appeared in Christ, the angel of Job therefore was no other than the Logos which not only was with God but was God. In Jesus Christ was made flesh and came unto his own, John 1 and 1 and 2. He came unto his own and his own would, would not receive him. Hebrews, the third chapter, also tells us. He is the apostle. Now the word apostle means sent out with authority. And what does the apostle do? He works. Jesus Christ worked for our salvation. He procured our salvation. He completed. He built us up into a temple that God wants to inhabit. The face of God. The presence of God among us. Hebrews 3 and 1. From all this, it is sufficiently obvious that neither the, the title of angel or messenger Jehovah nor the fact that the angel of Jehovah prayed to Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts, furnishes any evidence against his essential unity with Jehovah. That which is unfolded in perfect clearances in the New Testament through the incarnation of the Son of God was still veiled in the Old Testament. The very person of God in many ways was veiled from mankind in the Old Testament. But in Jesus Christ we see the fullness of Godhead and we see all of His glory and we see His love and His procurance of our salvation. He is our God, Elohimu. And we are His people. According to the wisdom apparent in the divine training, the difference between Jehovah and the angel Jehovah is is generally hidden behind the unity of the two. Jesus is Jehovah. Kaiho logar again, and the word that Jehovah flesh He became, the word there logos, the equivalent of that in Hebrew is bar. And when a Jew came upon the name of God, they did not speak the name of God. That person there, that word right there, Yod, He, well, He, cannot be pronounced. So they'd say, Hazabar, the word, the word, the word, or the Hashem, the name. And when John wrote that gospel in the New Testament, the gospel of John, and 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John in the book of Revelation, every time you referred to the word Jehovah, as the word. He's talking about Jehovah of the Old Testament. James called him Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of armies. And in Revelation, the 19th chapter, it says, the Lord of armies shall come forth out of heaven riding a white horse and all will be servants on white horses with him, his armies. And his armies are not there to do anything except witness the redemption of the earth. And for the most part, Jehovah is referred to as he who chose Israel in his nation and kingdom and would reveal himself at some future time to his people in his glory, in all his glory, so that the New Testament, nearly all the manifestations of Jehovah under the old covenant are referred to Christ and regarded as fulfilled to him. All of the Jehovah titles were fulfilled in Jesus Christ. He's the Lord our healer. Jehovah Shammah, he's the Lord that is there. He is the almighty God. He's the Lord of armies. He's El Shaddai, the all-powerful one. It says here, this is not a mere accommodation of scripture, but the correct interpretation of the obscure hints in the Old Testament by the light of the fullness of the New Testament. You interpret the Old Testament by the New Testament, because the New Testament is a fulfillment of the Old Testament. Psalm 23, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, Jehovah-Roe. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd in John the 10th chapter. For not only is uh, Malek Jehovah the revealer of God, but Jehovah himself is the revealed God of sa- and Savior of the Bible. Just as in the history of the Old Testament, there are not only revelations of the Malek Jehovah, the angel of Jehovah, but revelations of Jehovah himself. They are what we call uh, theophanies. Theophanies. And Jesus, when he was baptized there on the, in the Jordan River, an angel, a theophagy, An angel like a dove came down and lit upon him. And the Father spoke from heaven. We have the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit in the person of Jesus Christ, our Savior, and our God, the angel of Jehovah, the face of God. So in the prophecies of the announcement of the Messiah, the sprout of David and servant of Jehovah is intermingled with the announcement of the coming of Jehovah to glorify his people and to perfect his kingdom on earth. It says here again, God called Abraham, and God called Abraham, and he was Abraham's shepherd, and God shepherds him in the land. It says here in Kyle and DeLeach on page 192, the hypothesis that the history is compounded of Jehoistic and Elohistic doctrines can only be maintained by those who misunderstand the distinction meaning of the two names and the arbitrary set aside of the Jehovah in chapter 27.1. On account of an erroneous determination of the revelation in which El Shaddai stands as Jehovah, El Shaddai is Jehovah. There are a lot of people say that we believe that Jesus was a Jehovah, and that it's erroneous. It's erroneous. Jesus is Jehovah. The Old Testament tells us the Lord my shepherd, and Jesus said he's a good shepherd. In Psalm 23 and Isaiah, and that is a messianic Psalm 23. In all reality, it's a messianic Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You shall not want for salvation. The Bible talks about all of mankind being families of the ground. Families of the ground. All the families of dirt. All the families that, that live here upon the dirt, earth, Haaretz. Hey, gay in the New Testament, the earth. We're all like dirt. We all come into this world and we die and we decompose. Jesus Christ is related to us. He is our Savior he is related to us because He have made. him God became flesh, John 1, 14. He was made like us, and He's akin to us. He is our Goel, our kinsman-redeemer. And He is man, but without the sin nature. Sometimes I really, a lot of times I really wish I didn't have that sin nature. It would really be wonderful if I didn't have that sin nature. But only Jesus didn't have that sin nature. We're all families of the ground. God God called Abraham to go in and he was going to give him a homeland. And the homeland is all futuristic because Abraham never had it. Abraham never had it. Isaac never had it. Jacob never had it. The twelve sons of Israel never had all their land. That's futuristic. And that's going to take place over here in the millennial reign of Christ. Israel, over here, when Jesus came, refused the kingdom. They refused the ground. They refused the kingdom. That ground, that kingdom, God redeemed it. He redeemed the earth. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believed in him would not not perish but have everlasting life. It says that he so loved the world, not just man. He loved the dirt that we walk upon, and the dirt that that makes us up. We're made of the same elements as the dirt. God made us from the same elements that He made the dirt, not from dirt, but from the same elements. We're related to the dirt. Jesus is related to the dirt, so He could redeem the dirt, and He could redeem us, dirty people. This is beautiful. God removed. Uh, Abraham out of the Earl of the Chaldees into the land of the promise. Into the land of the promise. And Abraham would, would father Ishmael, which basically would be much of the Arab nations. He fathered six sons from Keturah, and he fathered the one son, Yitzhak from Sarah and through that son God would make his name known to all man because through that son the son of David, the son of Abraham would come into this world and die for us our father we send this message out, it's a beautiful message it's a powerful message, it's your message it's the gospel father please use it for your honor and glory We thank you that you let us see your face in Jesus Christ and your face in the Old Testament through the prophets. And Father, please forgive me where I fail you. Use your word throughout the world for your honor and glory. And thank you for that ability. In Jesus' name I pray.